to to uh, seventeen or eighteen. A lot of trouble. Got arrested a lot. Went to jail. Had a lot of uh, court cases and a lot a lot of trouble. And uh, around eighteen or something, I had a. I was living in New Hampshire. We had a like a renovated barn out in the woods. We were like hippies, then, you know. Me and my my friend Anthony Al Capone, actually his name was his name was Anthony Capone. We called him Al Capone. <laughs> Me and him were living together, and I would go outside, and I had read the first two books most people read back then, which was Be Here Now and the Autobiography of a Yogi. <laughs> they were very famous. They they launched a lot of spiritual seeking, you know. I think in that that time context. So I read those books, and I would sit there, and I was looking out at the stars one day, and I realized it's an inside job, yeah, which was a big revelation, because obviously all most of my intention and interest was uh, you know, funneled outward, and when it came back, well, this is the trippy thing. When it came back, you thought it was going in, yeah, but the body is out, and the brain is out. Yeah? The brain, inside the brain isn't in, it's out. It's in the world of thingness, yeah? So when you go out, which is, there's a, there's a uh, flow with your interest and attention moving through the body to go out, yeah? To seek what you need and all like that. It's like, there's, you, there's no effort involved, that's what happens, yeah? But it also has a natural inclination to go back. It goes back in. When you were a kid, that... That orbit wasn't aberrated, wasn't uh, bastardized. You would go back in into an eternity, and then it would come back out, and you'd be in the world of things, because there was no sense of Paul of being little Jimmy at that time. Even if when your parents were calling you, it was very weak. So there wasn't any stopper. So your attention would go back, and it would go way back. In. Yeah? Not to an out that's called in, but in let's say, into that space, into the infinity, into the realm of nothing. And in a way, that would allow, that would replenish the ability to have joy and wonderment and all like that. Yeah, it's like almost like it's an irrigation. It's very important in a way. And then what happens is, is the mental process starts uh, claiming the activity of living, which is seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, yes, and also thoughts, you see, you hear thoughts. And it started to claim that, and you were now produced. The sense of being the you that was seeing, you that was hearing, you that was doing, you that was feeling. Yeah, You didn't have that when you were a baby. It had to be produced. And so now, your attention's going out there through this, the gates of seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, and then there's thoughts about out there. Yeah. So you're going out, and then there's a natural, it's like a tide goes in and then goes out, or like a wave, right? Breaks and then it recedes. So your attention goes back in. But now it was being stopped, in a sense, because there was this mental image, or like almost like a mental hologram of you as a body, yeah? Which is out. The body, all of the body, which part of the body is the brain, is outside. It's a thing. It's not in it's not in no thingness. It's not in spirit. It's out. Totally out. So now, the being in here, like Jesus would say, you're in this world, but not of this world, wasn't being irrigated or replenished. Now you were in the world, and then you were, and, and your attention would be landing on what was in the world. So it's, it's like cycle, its movement was aberrated or, let's say, hijacked or shortened incredibly. 
So they call it the wealth. Some people will say it's the it's the loop of self-importance or something. Yeah. So everything's hitting outside, coming back to me. Instead of just going back into what it is, it was coming back into what the mental process was saying I was, which is different. So now I see Lurie and I have an experience, but that attention coming back from my experience Lurie hits this little billboard with my little happy face on it, Paul. Yeah, this little idea of Paul. And it's a mental idea. You may feel it, but it's produced by a mental idea. Yeah. So now, so there's your interest attention, and it what you know, really would love to navigate into the unknown, bring some of that back into the experience of being here, and then go back, be here so much, and then go back into the resting place, just like at night when you go into deep sleep, yeah? A lot of your sleep is dreaming. So you're still out in a sense. But then there's the necessary being in, where you go into the space of what you really are, and you rest there, the body rests there, yes? And the brain rests there to do what? So we can go ahead another day. Yeah? But now we don't have an in other than that. Yeah? We don't have an in. Our inner life is an outer life. It's about us as a thing all freaking day. Yeah? That's not in. That's out. So we're going out, which is the natural inclination, the tide for this manifestation, but it's drawing back into its source, it's being aberrated, it's being stopped. And so all you do is go back into a mental idea, which is out. It's part of the outside, it's being produced by the body. The brain is part of the body, and it's producing this mental process called selfing, and yet you're taking it to be your innermost self. But there is no self that's innermost. The self is an outside production. The feeling of being a someone is predicated on the body. Yeah. And then everything is cast into that same storyline. Even spirituality, they call it the spiritual journey. What the hell takes a journey? A body. A spirit doesn't take a journey. Where's the spirit going to go? It's not of a location. Where the hell are you going to journey to get to the Spirit? Every part of the journey is the Spirit. That's the whole point. We're looking at destinations where the goal is you walking in every moment of the day that you're in. But so here, alright? So there goes the out, which is, you can feel it. Did you have to work? I'm going to pay attention to... You know, my mother, or... No, it just goes out, out, out. But it doesn't stay out there. It has to go back. It's the whole expression here, like a breath, in and out, yeah? It's a whole dualistic manifestation. So there it goes in, in, out, and then it's supposed to go rest in, but it's not finding rest because it gets stopped by this mental idea because it's that mental idea has been claimed to be you. And now the interest and attention, like a bloodhound, has gotten that scent. I'm a thing. I'm this person who can't be loved or I can't love. And that's where it goes. No matter every new fendangled help, self-help you try to find, it goes back, it smells that same old smell, and goes right back to being about you. Even when you're studying a whole path that is totally about not being that you, you'll try to be that not you as the you. You can't break the reference. So now there's, what is this but enslavement? It's, an, it's a form of slavery. Yeah? 
if that flow would happen and it would and it would go and do its its almost natural orbit of manifestation, resting in non-manifest manifestation, non-manifest. It's not finding any rest. The only rest we get is deep sleep. Most of us, really, we're not getting any rest because we're out all the time. And but we think we're because I'm thinking about myself, which I believe is something special in the outside, that's not really of the outside, it's totally the outside. It's a thing. If I can see it, it ain't what's perceiving. It's as simple as that. So, if, I'm, if I get starved, which I will, no matter how much I'm doing, if it's always me doing it, I'm going to be starved from that rest I can only get when the attention and interest goes from the manifest to the non-manifest because the interest and attention is more of non-manifest than manifest there's no quantity in interest or attention you can't see interest or attention can you you can't acquire it or save it up it's not like oh I had a busy week I ran out of interest by Friday so I'm now just going to go inert for Saturday and Sunday and then some you know a bell will ring and then I'll be interested again and I, oh, I gotta be careful I can't spend my interest on these things. You have tons of interest, yeah? So now, the interest is being spent and spent and spent, and it can never get replenished, yeah? It's just hitting. As soon as there's an entertainment, I may not be that, the, the route, right, like, the route gets revealed, and now you start getting, like, a t- true exhalation, into everything and a real inhalation which allows the exhalation yeah after a while it's just and you see it with people the apparatus is just a demonstration of anxiety not rooted in what's going on but in what's not happening because they're not having any place to rest in the in they're only resting in what's called in but that's out the brain is out you can take the brain out of the body and see it that's not what we are, and that's not where we're from. We're not of things. Yeah? And to forget that and just mingle in the world of things and just think of yourself as a thing all freaking day, you're going to be starved for something you'll never find in the world of thingness. Because it's what you're looking for is you. What's looking? But you don't see it that way. Because you have a who that's looking. Yeah, which has been a mental idea that's been placed so mo- almost at the eternal road, blocking the road. Yeah, it can't stop it. It can't actually stop the road, but it can seemingly block it because your interest and attention will come to it a screeching halt to that point of it's about me. That's where it goes. Yeah? So even life, life is this thing that's happening. It's unbelievable, but it gets it gets. Uh, hijacked and now it's happening to you you cannot believe what an abbreviated journey that is it's like this loop of self-importance you're seeing things and things and then it's all going back to a thing thing to thing to thing to thing and you're dying for the no thing in a sense you're dying because that's of your nature that's your true nature and of course in the ignorance we keep looking outside and even statements that are meant to be in pointing to the inside light enlightenment become a topic of the outside. And now it's being used to drive you crazy. You would have been better off if you never heard enlightenment. No kid, if they're not in an abusive situation, is looking to learn how to meditate or fucking go on retreats. There's no drive there because the cycle is going. Yeah? 
There's a fulfillment, and then there's this, it's like this. Then you have that wandering awe. You, know, you have that curiosity. You have the spontaneity. Not by achieving it or working towards it, but because it's the obvious flow of things. Yeah. To me, it's all that. Your interest has been so interested in what you're not, it's fucking... To me, it's just an incredible form of slavery. Yeah. You're enslaved to a thing, and you're deeming it, and you're crowning it to be a non-thing. Yeah. You're crowning it to be a soul or something like that. There ain't no soul like that. Not the way your mind's thinking about it. You're, everything that's thought about is referred to as a body or somehow concerned the soul is in the body. Somehow the body always has a relevance. So you're worshipping the outside and you're dying for a taste of the inside. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that are called inside, but you never, the complete journey doesn't happen. You stop at a mental idea. You're caught in a mental realm. You never rest in the beingness of it. Yeah. And then what happens? Then being becomes a goal. All right, I'm going to do and have myself into a state of being. All you're going to do and have yourself is into another mental state that you call being. It ain't. And you'll know it because it won't translate. You won't feel an ease and comfort. You won't. Where did I start with? I went off on a tangent there. You're talking about the abrogation. Oh, well, the thing with me. So I was in that dilemma. And I was practicing all this stuff. I did a lot of retreats in different countries and gurus and everything. Yet everything, all the experiment or going in, the only place I went into was another mental state. Yeah? Which is produced by the brain. Out. A thing. Yeah? So, the amazing thing was the first satsang I ever went to was incredible because I heard the lady speak and it wasn't what she said but I had a, something hit me and I shared. I said, you know, I walked in here and what it's been like for me lately is I've been seeing a mental state. I've been seeing mental states, but I thought I was seeing it from being. But just by coming into this meeting, I realized I was seeing the mental states from a mental state. The idea of being Paul is a mental state. <laughs> what happened? My lens opened up. Yeah? And what will happen is, is when your lens opens up, your mind's lens, here you are supposedly as the end of the road, you're the Alpha and the Omega, this is the in, and then this is all you're out, and you're trying to get off on the out, but bring it in. Yeah? All you do is bring it up here, which is out. Yeah? So, here's the, so what happens is you hear a message like this, maybe the lens opens up a little bit, you have a light, bigger vision. Yeah? What goes on though, it doesn't stay like this, it doesn't go like this, it goes like this. Yeah? You get to be seen in front of the camera, which the assumption in the mind, the mental process, is you're behind the camera as some kind of thing, a spiritual thing, a soul thing, or basically referred as a body. What happens is you get to be seen in front of the camera. Yeah? And what's looking at it is what you are, which is behind the camera. Yeah? And then you realize 
if you're identified with this, you're in the content. You're in the outside. Yeah? And the outside is never going to get into the inside. It's never going to do it. What you do is question the outside. If you're not that, that's the inside. And it's always been the inside. You've been the inside masquerading as what's outside. Yeah. It doesn't exclude the outside. It's just like Jesus says, you're in this world, but you're not of the world. Now you have a sense of the ofness, which is not of thingness. It's not of things, it's not of concepts, it's not of ideas, it's not of big toes, it's not of bodies or cars, but you seem to be in it. But what's in it is not of it. Yeah? That's the true in. The true in is of. Yeah? We have a false in, which is, I've had a day, now I'm going to go in and think about it. I'm now in, some, in myself, which I believe is actually separate from all this. In yourself is a thing. It's a freaking idea, and it's in the realm of things. And things, conceptual things, mental things, are still things. Yeah? And we're dying. It's as simple as that. If you don't know you're dying, look at how much seeking is going on. The seeking implies something. The seeking implies that you don't have what you really need. Yeah? And that's the fundamental lie of the whole advertising campaign. If these people who give these very short statements are on the money, all you need is a simple short statement. You are what you're looking for. Yeah? The seeker is the sort. I don't believe so. Well, there you go. Who is that? That who is it that's represented by that statement? Not you. But if you're identified with that statement, you'll die to be right about it. Yeah. And what happens when you die to be right about it? You're going to withhold that spiritual water that you so sorely need, baby. And your flowers are dying, and there's nothing to grow in. They don't need out anymore. There's plenty of out. You need some in. You need a place to rest. Like they say, here's your interest in attention and selfing, what it produces an obsession with self. Yeah? Interest and attention in the in is the, the abidance and truth. It's the same interest and attention. It's where it's put. Yeah? If it finds its home in the in, it produces an ease and comfort in your experiences. And you can enjoy peace and comprehend the word serenity. If it's put in the out... No fucking way. Yeah, serenity will come and go. And so when serenity's there, because you're addicted to time, the, the dominant feeling will be, it may not be there tomorrow. Is that serenity? How can you have serenity in time? How? How can you have serenity when there's a possibility of a Wednesday that you may not have it? How can you enjoy serenity if it's a quantity that can be lost? Yeah. And where could it be lost in? In time, obviously. It's not being lost right then and there, but as soon as the mind throws it in the context of time, you have a feeling it may not be there on Wednesday because I'm going to work, and in work it will never happen because all these, it's so real in there. There goes the serenity. Is that serenity? We have names. We use the right words, but what they're representing isn't it. Yeah? We, we use peace, but peace is usually like a, 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 a lesser amount of agitation yeah? in the mental realm. It's not peace. It's just that the agitation, things are going your way that day, so you feel at peace. 
Yeah? It's like that. It's like... Yeah? You're still on that massager bed. And there's an eternal amount of quarters being put in. One, and there's like a little... It's a little weaker, so you're thinking, I'm in peace. Oh, man, I am so... I am so serene today. And then the next day, you're a crazy maniac. Was that serene? No. It was just like the... Uh, there was like a little bit of the storm calmed down a little bit. It's like... It's like... Like you moved to a place in hell that was one degree cooler than the rest of hell. So you're thinking, fuck, this is heaven. Yeah? No, it isn't. You're still in hell. It's just one degree is different. So the, all these enlightenment, look at what the term enlightenment has done for some people who have spiritual illness, spiritual seeking. Enlightenment, which means one of the definitions is the cessation of all suffering. Sounds really fucking great. Wow, the cessation of all suffering. Yeah. Yet, people entertaining the idea of selfing in, in a certain manner are you, I mean, enlightenment, are using enlightenment to drive themselves crazy. It's producing suffering when it's supposed to represent the, the end of all suffering, it's actually promoting suffering. <laughs> I know the irony escapes you, it blows my mind. Close my mind. I've seen so many people who would have been better off if they never heard about awakening and then the sudden awakening and then the just the uh, slow awakening. <laughs> When's the awakening? <laughs> you know, it's just like fuck. <laughs> I thought I signed up for the sudden. I've got the slow shit. <laughs> the educational variety. I want the burning bush. Yeah. <laughs> if the burning bush happened to most of us, we'd be burnt to a crisp. <laughs> Our selfie would just be fucking go up in flames. We'd be like this. We'd be in that example of a snake. And uh, I don't know if I used it down here. Let's look at a uh, like an event. Every year, snakes molt their skin. Yeah, they're not. It's not like somebody said today. You're growing your beard. It's not like they're going to molting skin classes yet. It's not like something they do. It just happens to the snake. Just like I, a beard occurs if I don't shave. <laughs> I'm not joining a beard growing group. You know what I mean? It's just like <laughs> speed it up or anything. Putting some special manure on there, fertilizer. Mayonnaise works really good. It's really good. <laughs> Eat some tacos. It really the salsa really brings it out faster. But, you know, there's always this feeling. So here's a snake, yeah? We're going to look at the experience from two, this event, two points of view. So, from the skin, so the skin's going to fall off the snake, inevitably. So now, from the point of view of the skin, and from the point of view of the skin, the skin's taking itself to be the snake, yeah? It thinks it's an integral, it's an indispensable part of the snake, Yeah? So the skin has this feeling that the skin that this, the skin's getting a little looser. So now it's it's jacked into this poor little snake's brain, and it tells the snake buy a lot of moisturizer. You know what I mean? Do not go in the midday sun. Don't go to Sunnyvale. Don't not go down here unless there's shade available. It, it says don't go on that rocky path because there's a lot of you may get stuck and then you get more it'll be ripped off. Yeah, it's very, very anxious about this on, oncoming event, this molting. And so it would do almost anything to stop it. It can't stop it, but it would make it would produce as much chaos to cause it to seem to not occur. But that has no power, so whatever's gonna occur is gonna occur. But it would love to stop it. So there would be a lot of anxiety from the skin's point of view about the event, yeah? 
The skin's scared shitless. What, what am I going to do without the snake, you see? It didn't mind when it was beating the snake around, I, you know. But now that it's the real parts got to the point, hey, I'm not the snake. So now the host is going to move away from the parasite. The parasite's going to try anything it can to stay on that freaking snake because it doesn't have a life without the snake's life. So here, from the snake's point of view, it's hallelujah. Yeah? Don't worry about people coming in out there. Don't worry. So, there's no people at all. There's nothing. This is the joy of it, that this gets to be put out. Yes? This wants to express... This is just the seed assignment. Some aspect of mind from the in wants to express out here. That's all. It's a joy. And it's a joy that I'm like the carrier of it. I, could, I would talk to a deaf, mute, dying person. It didn't matter because this has a desire. And I would say it's beyond desire. It's impelled to share. It wants to make a splash here. Yeah, because this place has been, this, this pseudo-inness of this place is all fucking out. Even the, most of the spiritual practices are out now. They're all about doing and having and looking the part, you know? You think that things are going to change just because you wear yoga pants to body? Or, you, you know, you have a loving gaze? You think that's it? Or you have some fucking charisma? It's not any of that. It's just the dog shit awareness. You're awake. You're awake, and what will replenish that understanding will not be abiding in the outside completely, but resting while participating outside in what's in. Resting there. Resting there. You have plenty of attention and interest to deal with what comes up on the outside in the day. Yeah? You don't have it when you're thinking about what I'm going to do four years from now. You're going to get exhausted because you're going to have to, your interest attention is going to have to propel itself into an imaginary place that's not happening. That's fucking exhausting. Yeah? For you to have all the anxiety you have, you have to be, you have to be cast as an action figure in time. Because you can't worry yourself in the condition you are just by the day. Yeah? Like, we're walking in here, if something's really bothering you, I bet you it wasn't spawned on sat on Sunday. It was probably from last week, or, or some fear about next week. Yes, this is the fucking slavery of the out, all the time. The out. So here, in this thing, there's a resting in. It doesn't mean you become totally comatose, you never get off the couch. This is just an absurd idea from the outside. Yeah? It, it irrigates your life. Yeah? While you're living and you're doing what you need to do and you have your seat assignment and you have your chores and you have this and that, you're not looking for that to replenish me. I'm not looking for my girlfriend to save me. Yes? I'm not looking for something to fulfill a big freaking hole in me that it cannot possibly fulfill. I'm not trying to put a ton of weight on a half-ton pickup a person or, or a teacher or anything like that. Because I'm being irrigated from the in. Yeah? The in is irrigating this life. Yeah. It's irrigating it. And from this point, it doesn't look... It changes this, this projection or this projectile. Instead of looking for things and wanting to achieve and get, it's more an expression opportunity. That's what it is. Because you're fulfilled already. Yeah? Now, you want to may express it in a lot of different ways out here, but you're not looking to achieve it out here because everything is inherently empty out here. The Buddhists put it beautifully thousands of years ago. The nature of this place, of this inn, is inherently empty. 
It doesn't exist in and of itself. It appears to exist from what does exist, which is the in in this terminology. Of course, there's no in and out. We're just making a, a we're using separation to make a distinction. Yeah, but the in, yeah, the in is what's full. The in is what's substantial. The out is an appearance, a manifestation, a projection of of the in. But we're taking the out to be the well that we want to drop our pail in. Yeah? But the point is, this place is about a place of extending the water by expression, by service for some of us in recovery. Service is like we have it by giving it away. Why do we have? We already have the end. And how you experience having it is by giving it away. Because it's, it's infinitely abundant. Yeah? It grows the more you let it go. It's not a, like a commodity out here. Yeah? There's no cocaine dealer I ever knew that you know, trusted that principle. I have the coke by giving it away. Not one. Out here it's about get scarcity and getting and having and keeping and building gated communities and securities to protect what you think you have because the out will get the out. The, the out will get what's in. All of it's out. The irrigation comes from your nature, your own nature, your primary condition, which is not of the thing. You're the hose. You're the well that you've been looking for. Yeah? The, bu- the bucket isn't to get water, it's to throw the water out. It's how you express. Yeah? You go into that well, and then it comes out, it comes back into the out, and it has a drive to express. For me, it's sharing it. That's the seed assignment I have. Other people, it's painting, or, or helping the elderly, or you know, working at a hospice, or selling shoes, or whatever. It doesn't matter. But there's a, the, the expression, and it has a total different quality of looking for something. Yeah. Now you're not looking for anything. You've been freed from the need to be liberated, because the only thing that needs to be liberated is what's appearing outside, and you're not that. Yeah. So what occurred with me? Who the fuck knew, really, but... As I'll say it in my little story here, I went this way, I was practicing, studying, trying to get, trying to get, trying to add on to, trying to figure it out, trying to find out who I was, and none of it actually worked. No radical thing ever happened, basically. And I read this magazine one day, Tricycle Magazine, it's a Buddhist magazine, any Buddhist of any worth had that magazine. I subscribed to it, I guess. I just find it from someone else's house. You know. But I was reading it, and there was a there was like a editorial by a, a meditation teacher who'd been meditating, you know, teaching meditation for thirty years. And he says, "I've had this very strange occurrence this year. All these long-term students of mine have been coming to me and saying, hey, you know what? Nothing's changed.' You know? And I went." Thank you, fucking, so I don't spend 25 more years doing what I've been trying to do. I'm going to take this as an indication of <laughs> no mas, you know? <laughs> you're not getting fucking anything out of 25 years, and they're probably hoping it'll be the 30th year it finally works. To me, that's slavery. Yeah? Constantly putting off what you so terribly need, because 
why you, why it's being poured up, put off because you're not looking in the right direction. It's not out here, and it's not out. It's not out here in this fake in. Yeah, it's through the fake in. Yeah? This is a like a like a paper, like one of these prints. It's so so thin, yet. Because it's taken as you, your interest or attention never goes, it never burrows in. It just hits it and goes back out. Yeah? Just no rest. All comes up with his ideas. You know? Everything is refelt, reheard, retaught, retasted. It's always redone over, done over, done over, done over, done over. Yes? The joy of living is when you break through. And it's nothing you have to break through to get to it. It's just a seeming, like it's like a vertical mirage. It appears to be there, but there's no there. Okay. Now, the irrigation system, it's like you got the divine landscaper off. You've been looking at your, your garden, and everything looks bad. Something was wrong with the thing. He changes, he fixes the irrigation, and now it, it's, it's like this. It's like, let's say... Uh, I saw it in alcoholism a lot. Let's say you're a rose bush, yeah? So you're a rose bush and you have the potential to bloom and actually put out a scent and everything like that. But you're not blooming or everything. And so, and the rose bush has self-centeredness. So the rose bush is thinking about itself. Yeah? It's not going into the roots of where it's really coming from, soil or anything. It stops at this idea of a rose bush. And of course, in its view, it's a bad rose bush. It's not blooming, and it's seeing other rose bushes bloom. And it's got a big fucking story why it's not blooming. You know, I came from a poor family of roses and never was given enough light or shadow. And then go, and go on and on and on. And it sounds really good in its little confines, its little self-centeredness. Yeah? It makes a lot of logic and sense. What you don't have to listen to it or try to therapize it. All you do is take the rose bush out of that pot because the pot's too small for it. Yeah? And there's no water supply and it's not getting any light. And just put it in another pot. Or maybe not even in a pot, just put it in a land. I'd rather be more free range, yeah. And now that story of being a rose bush that never blooms is gonna be disputed by your own experience. Yeah? You're gonna start blooming. Gonna, your life's going to get larger. You're going to feel more expansive. You're going to feel things you haven't felt in a long time. Love and joy and you know, a lot of compassion for others. Yeah? And the story may still run. Well, I'm not that. This is a passing phase. You know, I'm going to go back to being my unblooming rosebush. What the fuck? You hear it. But you start having immunity to that. And now, now, the rosebush is deeply connected to the soil. That's what we are with the spirit or the in. You know, we need to have those roots locked in there so we can suck out the sustenance from there, which is infinitely available, so that it can be spent here. But all we're spending, uh, we're spending, we're all, all indebted now. We've got built up a huge amount of debt. Yeah. So that's what happened. After all the years of practicing, I, some of these little cues came up, and I said, I'm no different than these people. If I sat for 25 years, I may be the same person sitting with that guy saying, hey, fuck, nothing ever happened, really. Nothing's happened. Let's jump off this boat. I didn't know where to, but I was open to it. And then suddenly, life conspired to bring me to a satsang like this. It wasn't that popular back then. And I couldn't even hear the lady. She was from East Europe. She talked very low, and they had it outside. But it didn't matter. My mind, my mind could have put the words in her mouth. It, my mind was engaged. Yeah, it was. 
it had entertained the possibility. There was no stopping it. So, and whatever it used to facilitate it, that's what it used. I couldn't even hear what was being said, but I felt a lot different. Yeah? An expansiveness started happening. The lens opened up more. And so then I entertained it for a while, and it was strong enough to bring me to some people in India. I went to see someone there, because I read some of his books, and I liked his conceptual, conceptual framework. Went there, and I went to other places in India, and, other, and I, saw a lot of, I saw a number of teachers. Some I liked, some I didn't like. And then I heard this one guy speak at a meeting, and he, he was from a Zen background, Zen Buddhism, and he said an old Zen saying, he says, you know, what was going on at that meeting was... I'm like a man standing by the river selling water. Yeah. Oh, shit, all right. That's sort of, sort of peculiar. Why, and why would I be standing, you know, buying water if it's right next to the river, which is of water? <laughs> you know? So then he started laughing. He said something that's even funnier than that. I'm a man standing in the river selling water. And I walked out, and I never went back to another one of those things. And I put it to the test. I just sat, started to walk around entertaining it, and then stuff started to download. More and more stuff started to download. Not from out here. (laughs) But from in. The in started to download and started to override the influence the out had in my life, in this event, in this experience, and it got to a sufficient point where the in became the dominant influence. The calibration was fixed, and then I was inherently free, in a sense. Yeah? In recovery, I call it like being a free-range alcoholic. I was free. I like the coop. I, 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 you know, I totally love AA, but I'm free from that, in a sense. Yeah? Free from everything, in a way. The possibility's there. And it, it stayed in that calibration. And so what happened over a period of time in this life, I realized... What it distills into is a traveling lighter here. That's one of its experiences. That's the only place you're going to have an experience is in the out. Yeah. You're not going to have one in, in. There's no experience because there's no subject to have an experience there. Yeah. But here there seems to be a seeming subject and it's con- it has run-ins with objects and it has experiences. So I saw over time, it didn't change the geography of my life. You know, I was going to get fired at blow out my knee or hernias or whatever, lose girlfriends who I really liked or whatever. But it's, it was going to allow me to travel lighter over everything. And I had the memory of the history of how I traveled for years before, and the contrast was incredibly, there was an incredible stark contrast between how I was traveling, even in the under the umbrella of AA, how I was traveling for that period of time, and now how I was traveling for a long period of time. And I have to say, it all distilled into an extreme traveling lighter. Over the same terrain, I used to travel very heavy over. Yeah. What happened? Well, I could figure it out from the, from the results. Yeah. I figured out the problem from the solution. I got the relief from the problem, and in that relief, I could really pinpoint the solution, the problem in a sense. Yeah, I got relief, and that was the solution. And the problem, in my view, was an act of a mental act called identification as self, as us self. Us self is the very important point. Identification as a self. There's no self, so it's not a noun that the verbs are happening. The verb of identification isn't happening to a noun. Yeah. It's the whole thing's a verb. Identification as a self. There is no noun self, it's just a verb. Yeah? 
and how what it does is its main movement, and this is what I just saw, and I just saw over and over again. The main movement of this mental process, because I had a history when I was young, that I and I, I heard about the research of babies that they say that they don't have a sense of self till maybe eighteen months. And a lot of research says it coincides with the language center getting developed. So the language center has a huge role in reinforcing the sense of self. Unbelievable role. Yeah? So the this, this thoughts that are happening in your head sound like they're your thoughts based on it sounds like your voice talking. But your voice isn't your voice. It's coming from a body. But you identified as the body. So the voice of the body is called your voice. That's the act of being identified all day. Yeah? That act of being identified can in time be sufficient to block you off from the sunlight of your own spirit. It can't do it, actually, but it can seem to do it. It can only reach a level of appearance, but because you believe in the false evidence, the false evidence will appear real to you, because you are the reality. So you will lend the reality to something that's false, and then experience it as true, and it will bite you in the ass. This is what happens all day. And it becomes a form of slavery because the sense of self has no reality to be rooted in, so it has to keep being reinforced all day. Yeah. So for the projection to keep being projected, the light has to stay steady. Yeah. Because it's the light of your own mind that's projecting the idea of self. If the light gets upset, let's say if like an epiphany occurs, then the light gets that sense of self doesn't get projected, and you have an event which you're inherently free of self. Yeah? But then the self will, will re, regurgitate, in a sense, and capture light again, and then there'll be a thought arises in the head and say, oh, I had this experience. I'm having an epiphany. That immediately, the epiphany is neutered, and now it becomes something the self had. Yes? It's very tricky, but it does this all day. And its main movement is claiming. So it uses the feeling... You have a mechanism of feeling, one of your senses, and by calling it your feeling, that there's the feeler there, every feeling that happens that's noted, not by you, but by consciousness, is now claimed to point, or is used to point to the feeler. Yeah? So every feeling you're having today, unconsciously or not, is, being, is assuming that there's a feeler of it. Yeah? And there's a very, very concrete idea the mental process is projecting of who that feeler is, and it's of a body. It's of being out, yeah, outside. So all the feelings now are used to facilitate the sense of being a feeler. All the thoughts are being used to facilitate the sense of being the thinker. Yeah? All the actions are being used to facilitate the sense of being the doer. That's the act of bondage of self. Yeah? At the same time, the possibility of your interest and attention being freed from that facilitating is available. For me, it was available and brought to fruition by entertaining the possibility I'm sharing today. My mind entertained it. It didn't have to stop acting. It just started questioning who's the actor. It didn't have to, oh, I'm only going to have good feelings. That's insane. It's never going to work. But let's look at the feeler. Or like Raman Mahashi said in one statement, he says, you don't, have to, don't, give, you don't worry about all your possessions, just give up the possessor. Well, let's apply it to the same thing. Don't worry about all your feelings, give up the feeler. Don't worry about all your thoughts, give up the thinker. Yes, don't worry about all your actions, give up the actor. 
Yes, that's where the relief is. It's not in manicuring and supervising and managing your feelings, thoughts, and your actions. If your if your life is totally wild, the actions will have to be managed for a while, like a wild alcoholic. There will be things that have to be done to change that. But the basic premise is, is not to look at so much the actions. Like, I'm not killing anyone anymore today. I'm not robbing anybody. I don't really need that much observation over my actions. Yes? But the, the seeing that I'm not the actor is where the liberation is. It isn't managing what you do. It's not trying to manage what you think or feel. It's realizing that urge to manage it is coming from an incredible assumption that you're the thinker of it. That you're the thinker of the system. Your sense of power over a system you have nothing to do with is coming from you feeling you're the thinker of it. Yeah? Yet it's so funny, the feeling of being the thinker seems so real, but you don't feel like you're the digester of the food, do you? A much cruder activity of the body, digestion, you have, it would be absurd when, so I used to do it as a joke here, I'd say, oh, I, you know, I went to a meeting and then I suddenly realized, hey, I ate that burrito last night, I've got to cut the meeting short, i got to go home and digest the burrito. And then when I thought of that, I'd go, oh, a pizza, I forgot that pizza, i got to go home. I'd never go out, I'd be digesting all the time. Because I forget that I ate something. And it sounds funny. But we, it doesn't, it sounds so true that I'm the thinker. Yeah? You see it? A much grosser condition or act process of the body, you don't think you have anything to do with, but a subtle thing. <laughs> subtle, something that was in was going to come out there. The subtle thing, the subtle thing you claim to be yours. Yeah. Where does that claiming have any weight is the, is the resting on the absurd idea you're the thinker of it? I'm telling you, I've seen it. I've seen the I've seen the beast from head to toe. You know? <laughs> I've seen it. I see it. I see how it works, and I watch it, and I can I can hear someone speak, and I know exactly where their head is coming from because it's so obvious to recognize it when you've recognized it. Yeah, the selfing is just an unbelievable. Why you? We're so exhausted just by that. You need to get in. You're not. You're going to starve and out. You're going to get disappointed because nothing's ever going to bring fulfillment in your life, probably, because it's not meant to. It's meant to be an expression of your own fulfillment, not a fucking replacement for it. Yeah, the car would be fun if you enjoyed driving that beautiful car. Yeah. This yeah. um, process of selfing is so stressful for living life. Everybody, it's so stressful doing this constant selfing. Is there an evolutionary benefit to it that it, it is all designed that way for a while at least? I have no idea. I think evolution is sort of suspect anyway. Because you have to give credence to time as something other than the mental process. I don't believe it is, really. I think time and selfing are hand in hand. You couldn't have a feeling of self without time. Because time, self can't pr- uh, promote or project an, uh, its own appearance because it doesn't exist, yeah? It gets the projection of being there once and willing there. In other words, I was there last year. So listen, I'll, I'll share it with you this way. The thought system that we seem to be saddled with 
thinks of you as a body. Yeah. It doesn't think of you as, as uh, a spirit. Yeah. It thinks of you as a body. And so it projects you four years ago and thinks about what you were doing four years ago or who you were with and what was going on. Yeah? And your interest and attention obediently goes there because it's about you. Yeah? You wouldn't go there for anyone else except maybe your kids or something. Yeah? You're not going to go... If, if you knew Stanley very, you know, leisurely, you wouldn't be thinking about Stanley four years ago, you know, and obsessing over Stanley four years ago. Or it would be absurd, what's, what's going to happen to Stanley three years from now? You really wouldn't pay much attention, yeah, to it. But because it's you, you'll sit on a beautiful day like this inside thinking about it. <laughs> the thoughts aren't that attractive, they're fucking boring. But it's about you, which makes it really interesting. In other words, the movie is good because of the audience, not the movie. The movie sort of sucks, basically, really. It's really, when you see it, it's, it's just like, it's a very small loop. Loop. It's like a five-minute short that's expanded into like a giant serial, you know, like a series, like 40 years of Paul. But it's just the same loop, you know. So, <laughs> so the mental process takes you, the thought system, takes you as a body. Yeah? And so it thinks about you four years ago. And you call it remembering me. Yeah? I'm remembering me. I'm remembering me when I lived in New York, let's say. Okay. But the remembering, the sense of the remembering doesn't happen four years ago. It happens now. This is the only, this is the only place anything happens. Is at this, well, if we call it a now. Yeah? But it's just what it is. But let's call it now just to have a contrast between there and then and now. So now, so the remembrance of you four years ago happens now. Yeah? So, all right. Now you're thinking about what's going to happen to you three years from now. And there's, because it's actually not happening, it, you can come up with anything. You know, I have cancer, I'm destitute, you know, I'm, you know, whatever. You can, whatever your imagination can go for, it, it can produce. So, all right, so now I'm thinking about me in the future, three years from now. And that's a form of remembering also. Yeah? It's remembering. You're remembering you by thinking about it in the future. Yeah? All right, so here it is. This is the logic. I was there. You have pictures. You have a story. You have people that saw you there. You have a big fucking historical evidence that you were there. You have a huge assumption you will be there. Yeah. So I was there, I will be there, and therefore I am here now. That's what happens. That's what that so it's a sense of self that gets produced. Yeah, you don't the sense the idea of self can't produce itself because it does there's nothing there. But the thought system can produce it by thinking about it. And where it use it, it can only think about it now, but it casts it in the past and the future. Yeah? It, thinks, it can only think about you now as a body, but it casts that thinking about you now in the past and future, in this, these mental realms. Yeah? Because that's how it remembers you now. Yeah? And that's what its business is, is to remember you. That's why some great Zen masters would say, you know, you study Buddhism, to, and it's the whole study of Buddhism is to study the self. And the study of the self is to forget the self. Because if you learn about selfing, you'll learn that it's not you. 
And when it's not you, you'll lose interest in it because it's not you. That's just, that's why you lose interest. And when you lose interest in it, that's my expression is you forget it. Yeah, like Saint Francis says, it's in self-forgetting this and that. Yeah. So this is what happens. So it's re- being remembered. So the antidote is to forget. Yeah. How do you forget something? Now this is the where a lot of people get caught. They try to forget the self, but as a self. Yeah. So they're identified as a self, and now they're busily trying to forget the self, but what's thinking it's forgetting the self is the self. Yeah. This is the double whammy. So people are t- they think they're getting out of something that they're in, but they're not getting out of anything. It's a bigger form of being in. Yeah. So all, a lot of a lot of times. It's not the spiritual path. That's just a vehicle for expression. But the spiritual path can be used by the selfing to extend its its uh, preoccupation, really. By busily being getting out of self, you're actually more in self than you were before. Yeah? That's what's so surprising. That's what flips people out. They think, Jesus Christ, now they're constantly concerned about themselves. I haven't meditated long enough. Blah, 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 blah. And so the thing that was meant to lead to freedom is just another form of bondage. Yeah? Because it's the selfing that's doing it. That's the point. That's not, pop- that's not happening. It's appearing to happen. And its limitation is the solution to it. It cannot be so. It can only appear to be so to what is so. When what is so is fooled, it will take itself to be something it's not. And that giving that the credence it's been given, that now is is used to give everything else reality and meaning. Yeah? When you see that... That's all you need to do, is see it. Seeing is like we talked earlier. There's in some groups they say pain is this touchstone of spiritual growth. The touchstone to waking up is seeing. It's it. Once you start seeing, something's going to be revealed. And what happened with me, all that was revealed was distilled into one statement. I'm not that. Yeah? I didn't have to think of what I am. That's part of being what I'm not, thinking about what I am. I just realized I wasn't that. All the pointing, there was nothing it was pointing at. Yeah? It's even farther than the Zen and the moon. You know, the fingers pointing at the moon. There's no moon. There's just like, just like someone said, you're growing your beard. That assumes I have something to do with something I have nothing to do with. Just like when they say, oh, you're growing your hair. That has, that's a statement that implies I have something to do with something I have nothing to do about it. That's very, very extensive in the language. The language is being used to imply you have something to do with something you have nothing to do with all fucking day. You don't see it. You're not, you weren't bonded like 20 years ago in Omaha, Nebraska, and you just haven't found the right locksmith to let you free. It's an activity that can only produce a seeming bondage. It's an activity. It can be halted. It can be stopped. It's an activity. Yeah? And it can only produce a seeming bondage. What causes it to seem to be bonded is not the activity, but by you, by the mind. The mind says, oh, I'm bonded. I am that which is bonded. And then it feels like you're really bound. Why? Because the only reality at that point is lending the reality it is to something else that can only seem to be so. 
What happens if that was dismissed by entertaining, hey, I may not be the center of this whole activity? When that's dismissed, the interest and attention will lift off of that, and you will see through the seemingly. Because you're the reality. That's not imposing reality on you. You're lending it a reality. That's the freedom. It's a freedom right now. If you could put it into, it's like freedoming. It's like a verb. It's not like a freedom, like I I got a, uh, look at that. It's like catching one of those big marlins. You know, I have a picture taken. Look at the freedom I caught, you know, at the retreat. I got an 800 pound freedom. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's a verb. It's it's an it's like a, a it's a movement, a posture that moves of mind. Yeah, it's traveling lighter. It's free from the encumbrances brought about by being identified as what it's not. That's it. And the mind entertains that possibility, and then more possibilities start dropping into that, based on that, and then more and more possibilities. Your lens opens up more and more, and now, quote-unquote, you're awake. And it's obvious you've always been awake, but now it's becoming, it's more tactile or more sense-felt, because in manifestation it's dawned. Your awakeness has dawned on you, in a sense, yeah? Yeah. Then you see all the, but I've lost it, or I don't, it's all baloney. It's all freaking baloney. Yes. All your huffing and puffing, it's like, it's pointing at that, blowing at all, you know, down an imaginary house. It's just pointless, you know. You just, it's all huffing and puffing. Yeah. Then maybe, then a lot of stuff may come up that you'll, you'll have to give up. You know, your mind will shed, like the snake shed its skin. The mind unfettered by the selfing will shed a lot of old ideas. You know? The whole idea of being okay pressed, put into a time slot, I will be okay. No, you're inherently okay. Yes? And then things fucking happen. It's not my knee, it's a knee. Yeah? Preferences arises. Is there anyone who has the preferences? No. Opinions occur. You say, what, are you going to go home and try to have no thought? That's a fucking thought. You can't get out of what you're not in. I don't care how sublime you found the most esoteric of all esoteric, hidden, you know, tenets of Buddhism. It ain't going to work if you're working it. It works you. Yeah? It's an, it's an invitation, a message. The mind entertains it. And it, it's it's the it's the fruit basket. You're the fruit basket. You know, fruit don't come to you. You're it. Yeah, it's an expression. And the only way you could truly appreciate it would be thrown back into how it was to get a contrast. You wouldn't. You'll start, so much stuff gets unnoticed. You're traveling so light, uh, it, it's unnoticed how much relief has actually occurred. Now, I have an incredible gift. I'm in a program of recovery, so I can go and hear how heavy it is. I can learn from others. I don't have to learn from my own experiences anymore, because that's not my experience. Yeah, But I can learn from others and keep their humility. That's so important 
to keep the whole fucking irrigation system flowing. Yeah. Once you think you're the water, you dry up. And when the water's running, there's no questioning. It's like an unspoken yes. There's no freaking... Oh, is this the final awakening? There is no final awakening. It's, or is this a preliminary awakening? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Find, find out from it, not about it. Yeah? Entertain this, it's about what you're not. And then you'll find out what you are. By realizing what you're not, what you are will start becoming obvious. And you won't know it, but you'll find out about it. And it will be quite intimate, because you will find out about it. Not knowing. Knowledge, knowledge is dualistically constrained. Yeah? You know something. You know how many times you've known something, and then at the moment when you most needed to know it, you forgot it? How much value did it apply then? None. You know, it's like being a professor of holes, who, but they keep falling in the holes. They know all about holes. They can give big talks on circuit speaking holes, but they fall into them. What's the point of the knowledge unless it keeps you from the hole? And the AA says it beautifully. It says, self-knowledge avails us nothing. What the hell? How could that be? Knowledge is deemed to be so valuable here. Knowledge is... But self-knowledge, if you look at the term that the selfing's main movement is claiming, so any knowledge claimed by self will not lead you to the freedom from self. It'll add on to the bondage. It can go to scriptures just like it can go to a porno magazine. It can, it can, bring, it can facilitate bondage by reading a scripture just like looking at porno. It really has no... There is no distinction, no difference. The mind will use whatever it comes in contact with. Yeah. So then it's bright, yeah? You're awake. There's an incessant onness. And you would think that would be stressful, but it's so relaxing because it's always available at all times with no requirement necessary, and it's never been affected or interrupted by anything happening on the out. Not one bit. Not touched, not no henna tattoo, nothing on it. It doesn't have to be washed or polished. It's it's incredibly incessantly bright. It doesn't need you to try to, you know put the right shade on it or direct it, it's just fine and dandy. Yeah? Just look at what you're not. And when you're looking at it, how could you be that which you're seeing? How could you be that? Yeah? And if you follow the implication, you'll see there's nothing that's being implied. All it is is implying. All it is is inferring. There's no one that's being inferred to. There's just the inferring. Yeah? There's a pause, and that pause is you. You're the pause that's prior to the identification of self. It's not after the identification, it's prior to it. Yeah. So, I love it, man. I find it's, it's... The biggest surprise I have sharing it is how little it's appreciated quite a lot at times. Then you could go through, well, it's the way I deliver it and stuff like that. No, it's... There's a huge current to be out, 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 out. And now we're making the out the in, you know? 
people are taking selfies all day and everything like that. It's just that we're in a whole outside world all day and we're dying. We need some of that irrigation from the inn. And even the temples and stuff we go to are out. Yeah. We have things called in, but they're out. And you'll know they're out if you go there and you don't get replenished after a while. You'll, st- you'll maybe take off the light off of you and start, stop finding fault in you. Maybe it's a system you're applying doesn't work. Like AA is awesome because it produces the goods. It doesn't need any advertising. It produces goods. Yeah, The same thing with this. It produces an ease and comfort. Yeah? It allows you to travel lighter. And if you maybe you're going to go through some events, but if the events become the, the basic stationary condition, something's wrong. Sometimes there's, an in, there's a big explosion to get a, a much larger lens opening. But if the lens is constantly being, you know, catastrophic events, no, something's off there. There's large, large stretches of ease and comfort <laughs> and peace. <laughs> you know? Able to sleep at night <laughs> and love going into the deep sleep. Man. You can go into deep sleep not in sleep. You can rest, you can lay down and go into deep sleep. You need it. You need a break, man. The you you're thinking about is outside. It's a mental fucking idea and it's and it's of a physical body. And you can't use that to go in. That's out. Go through it. Maybe you're not a body. Maybe you're not a body. Maybe you're not a thing. And I'll tell you, when my interest and attention landed there, that was like home to it, because it's more of no-thingness than thingness. And it found great rest there. And that cycle is beautiful. It irrigates your day. You feel refreshed and you're open because you're being regenerated, not by outside, but by the inside. So, any questions today? And you feel it, eh? You feel it sitting right here now. The mind knows it. There's an aha happens where you're feeling energy in the room. It's like a. The reality makes an appearance in the appearance, yeah? You sense it. And you know it beyond knowing. You know, I did. I heard it and I knew it. I knew it prior to all the other knowledge I ever fucking had. That, yeah, like an unspoken yes. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it's amazing. Deb's been watching me. I went through, even the physical physicality of the body went through a renaissance. I was really ill. I've even grown three quarters of an inch and I'm 60 years old. That doesn't usually happen mm. to people. I've grown a three quarters of an inch. I was always with six one. I'm now six and three quarters, or something like that. Six one and three quarters. Shit. How did that happen? And I gained like I was near death, and I gained like twenty five pounds. My health's really pretty good, so if I keep injuring body, you know, water sports. But other than that, it's just going uphill. And mostly the story of being out all this time is going downhill. I'm having a total contrary experience. My health's the best it's been in 30-something years. <laughs> so it not only is it's expressing in the basic format of the body and everything. I mean, it's incredible. 
And Deb saw it. She met me when I was not well. And then something's happened. As a byproduct, I would say. Another demonstration of what's possible here. So how do you get in? You can't be out. You don't have to get in. That's the problem. If you try to get in, that's part of being out. When you realize you can't possibly be out, that's in. Yeah. So why why do you think it is that uh, some seeming people don't seem to hear that or get that? They're not inclined for it now. There's no people anyway. You know, the yeah. mind. When the mind wakes up, that's that's all there is is mind. So. And what, you, what is that inclination even? Who knows? I don't know. Just sort of a current that's produced in time has gotten momentum. So it's been moving out for a while, so it's moving more out. And now the out has become the in, hasn't it? I mean, everything is about how you look and stuff like that as a body and all that stuff. The in is very rarely... We think that the in can be manipulated by outside things like pills and everything and... Now they're doing brain studies, and they're thinking the brain is the source of all things, which is it's just an, it's a physical object. It's not the source of all things. We're proclaiming the, the in has, is being produced by something out, the brain. Yeah? Really. And some of the, there's different, there's two schools in brain research, but one of them is the brain is producing consciousness. The brain is producing the in. <laughs> so, something that's a, an object is producing the non-objective. Give me a freaking break. It's like worshipping at a false, a, a false god. Yeah? And there's momentum in it. You can see it. It's going to come to a crescendo. It has to. There's always got to be a leavening where this in and out gets a little bit. But I would say, like they would say here, the Indians say... This is a Kali Yuga, a very dark age, yeah? What do they call it? The Iron Age. So everything's very, very solid. Very, The object world is now the new reality, you know? And the inn is, is being very under-addressed. And, of course, all the maladies of that are being, you know, being personified. Like, when they first started, like, mental illnesses, they recognized 11. Now they have about over 500 on the books. Yeah. See what happens, man. But I don't know why. I don't even notice all that stuff. I can just feel it, the weight, the pull. You know? People are like, there's a lot of objectification of people, yes? You notice it? I remember when I went to see Sai Baba, who was a spiritual teacher in India. I had heard about him when I was young, and I always wanted to see him, so I did. I went there, I didn't know anybody. Stayed at his, temp- at his place for a month. And there they had dress rules. So the women wore saris, you know, which is a very loose-fitting uh, outfit. And the men wore yoga whites. Yeah? So and there was like 10,000 people there. And then you'd walk around, and after a while, the objectification of the people would, would diminish, and you'd be looking at first maybe their faces, then just their eyes, basically. And there was a lot of contact, because what was looking through was the more you were meeting. And, then, and it was sort of cool how they worked it. And then about three weeks in, some women came into the pro, uh, into the ashram with Western clothes. And it's, my perceptions immediately objectified them. You could, you know, because the accentuation of the body was there. Yeah? That's going pretty extreme now. 
Everyone is, there's a worshipping, obviously, of the out. Yeah? People are doing tons of physical yoga and they, you know, to get themselves feeling better. So they're using the out to try to get to the in and stuff in a way, which is all right, it's fine. But you can see it, yeah? So there's, it's a lot of, it's almost like a, see, you, if you, you, you need to know the difference to feel it, really. If you were always in a current, you wouldn't know the current. It's just like you're always under the influence of gravity as a body, so you don't know the effects of gravity. You need to have an experience in an anti-gravity chamber to know it. Yeah, You know it by its absence. Yeah, That's the only way. We're so seemingly present in the out, we don't know anything really about it because we're calling it in. We're calling this the reality. Yeah. But if you had a sense of the in, you'd really get a distinction of the out. The contrast would be very, very broad, very large. Yeah. How do you get in? Well, you can't leave. You're right. You are that. But just see, I know, but it feels like, and like you just said, I mean, we're being conditioned that the out is all it is, right? And so, even though I may desire to see that, I mean. I mean, desire to see that out is not real, or, you know, it appears like I, I cannot do that at times, you know, that I'm stuck out here, even the wanting... Yeah, yeah, but what that is, the one that is behind there, that it seems to be appearing to, is part of the out. So just question that. Question that Lurie, that seems to have trouble entertaining the in. That Lurie is of the out, let's say, Yeah. Just question that. But the whole thrust of self-inquiry is about that. It's just questioning what's being t- stated to be the reality and seeing it if it's you or not. Yeah? Because right at that point of that you is what you really are. And it could, just takes a sudden shift of mind to get a glimpse of your original face, you know, which isn't a face at all. So, like, let's say if my head was telling me that story, well, what do I do? I, it seems to be appearing real, and then sometimes I get the sense of it sometimes, but a lot of times I'm absorbed in that. That's a mental movement. That's a story, yeah? What, what we are is behind the camera. It never appears in front of the camera as itself because it's not an appearance, yeah? It's, it's never, never, never not awake. Yeah, it's always seen. It's never interrupted. It never looks away. Have you ever noticed? Have you ever? Have you ever said no to a sound? Yeah. Usually, you hear whatever the sound there is. You may have an opinion after you've heard it, but there's no opinion that has any sway before you hear it. Yeah, because hearing has nothing to do with you. <laughs> Has absolutely nothing to do with you. There's hearing, yeah. Now let's say I like sound. Sounds a very good road to take if you want to take a road. So there's sound. So let's say I'm sitting here. I just heard the sound of that chair. And then let's take a little farther. I can hear the sound of this of air going in my in the nose, yeah. And I can then you can get subtle. You can hear the heartbeat, yeah. Sometimes you can almost feel the blood moving in your thing. And then you'll hear sounds in what you would call inside your head. It's not inside your head, but there's sounds that aren't being produced. It's not like a car came by and I heard a sound. They're sort of like unproduced sounds. They're just in and of you. They're like, 
in some spiritual circles they used to be called like celestial music, you know, the music of the spheres. Yeah? That's going on. So, but every sound is preceded by what's hearing it. Yeah? Every sound, no matter how from the farthest one seemingly out that's been given duration and space, you know, time and space, it's farther out there. If you take it back to the, set, the closest sounds to what you think you are, the body, yeah, there's always something that's hearing the sound, yeah, but it's not a sound, yes, and that what which is hearing can't be heard. No matter how long you sit there waiting to hear what's hearing, you're never hearing it. You're never going to hear it. Yeah? You'll hear all the sounds and, the, and they'll get more and more subtle, but you'll never hear what's hearing the sounds. That's what you are, is what's hearing the sounds, but can't be heard. Yeah? You never, let's say so here, then they're seeing. So they're seeing, they're seeing, they're seeing, they're seeing. And then you see things in space, you know, imagination, everything like that. Seeing, 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 seeing. Yet, all the things that are seen, there'll be a point where they're always preceded by what's seen. Yeah? That's how you can, that's how something can be seen. It's seen by what's seen, not you. The mental process says it's you that's seeing, but you're not seeing, you're facilitating seeing. The body is facilitating seeing. The ear isn't hearing a damn thing, it facilitates hearing. The eye isn't seeing anything, it facilitates hearing, seeing, yeah? If I died and I didn't get hurt up here, you could take the eye, which wasn't seeing anything at that period of time, and put it in a live body and it would facilitate seeing again, yeah? So the eye isn't seeing, something's seeing, but that which is seen can't be seen. Let's just, this is just, a, just take it as, a, as an invitation, yeah? So what's seen can't be seen. So you can't turn the seeing onto the seeing, yeah? Because its nature is seeing, yeah? Its nature is not seen. It's not of thingness, yeah? It's never going to be recognized as a thing. It's not of that. So, everything that's seen is preceded by the seeing, yet the seeing cannot be seen. And you can take every sense and do the same thing, yeah? Every sense, if you follow every taste, it's going to lead to what you assume to be a taster, but there isn't a taster, there's just tasting, yeah? And what's tasting cannot be tasted, yeah? This is like going back to as far as you can go and in a way putting the ball down and then there's the grace. The grace of revelation is there. <laughs> At the point where what's seen stops, what's been heard stops, even it's continued, but you take it as far as you can to the most subtlest sound that you can pick up and yet there's still the, see the hearing of it, yeah? At that point, the ball's put down by supposed you. You've done as far as you can go. And then the grace takes you, in a way. Yes? And maybe, just maybe, the habit of assuming there's a seer will be broken, and you'll rest in the scene. And to me, that's what you and I are. Is the scene. Is the hearing. Is the feeling. Is the tasting. Is the touching. But it's not anything that can be tasted, touched, heard, or felt, or seen. Yes. So what is seeing before, or seeing before seeing? That's fine. No, that's a good way to go. Because uh, my experience before alcohol had, you know, quite a few 
think scenes before they actually happen. So I just wondered what. Oh, that's a different type of seeing, in like intuition and stuff of an event and everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm talking about just the basic seeing, the the, the experience, the conscious experience of seeing something, not things that can happen with mind and mind alone, where you're seeing like. Like uh, this event's going to occur, but happened before it happens. Yeah, yeah. We're just talking about just the basic, the extension of consciousness through a gate, and then following back that event to what is what is actually doing the event. Yeah. So what's seeing? Let's let's say what's seeing that tree. Yeah. So there, are, there's a seeing of the tree. And then, all right, there's a seeing of the TV, there's a seeing of that, there's a seeing of you, yes? There's a seeing, maybe, of a thought, but it may be construed as hearing, yeah? But what is that which is seeing? It can never be seen, can it? There you go, that's what you are. Is what can't be seen, what can't be felt, what can't be tasted. And I'm telling you, the body can be felt, and it can be tasted, and it can be seen, Yeah? So therefore, in a reverse way, I possibly cannot be that because it can be perceived. And like a great Zen master said, Oang Po, whatever can be perceived can't be what's perceiving. Yeah? So whatever, what, whatever can be heard can't be what's hearing. Yeah? Whatever can be felt can't be what's feeling. You can extend the idea. Yeah? He used it just with one gate, but you can extend it to all gates. He says, whatever can be perceived cannot be what's perceiving. So whatever can be heard cannot be what's hearing. Yes? It's a beautiful way to go. Explore. You reach points, and then the ball gets put down, but the game continues. <laughs> in, in, very ex- in very interesting and exciting ways. Yeah. I think that's that, eh? Yeah, you don't want to beat the horse to death because <laughs> won't, you won't be able to ride it. That's what happens. More isn't better in this in this situation. Not at all. Going to more meetings may not do it for you. It's just hearing the meeting you're in. Yeah, paying attention to the one you're at instead of planning. I'm going to go to thirty of these the next month. Why not just go to the one you're at? <laughs> Listen to that, man, because that's where the invitation. That's where the meals being. Being offered and served is right now. <laughs> it's funny, I see a lot of people. Well, I don't want to share this on tape. <laughs> uh,